Flyover Territory podcast, as always, co-host Woody, and with me is with two fresh hanger packs, uh, is Dave. Dave, how are we doing? Oh, I don't know if they're fresh. I don't know if they're fresh or they're just like found underneath the uh, kids' clothing section after somebody had already searched through them, but uh, we're doing good. We're doing good. Uh, after many, many attempts to find something by both of us, I feel I. I was there was no way I was passing up seeing these two uh, 2020 tops update series, a really hot commodity in uh, the baseball card world uh, at the local Target. So I'll kind of I'll just carefully open this up here, all 35 cards in this. Uh, check to make sure if there's nothing thick in the middle, and uh, we're uh, we're right in the middle of kind of an uptick in baseball activities, both locally and nationally. Uh, I think there's been a couple actually interesting international signings. I think the Padres are responsible for one um, as well. But it's it's a uh, it's a good time to be talking baseball, Woody. It it really is, and I think you have had more luck with finding packs than I have. And <laughs> it's very, it's been a very frustrating, as I explained to you and cousin Scotty, uh, that I believe I'm 0 for seven now. And, and that's probably honestly behind. I'm probably more like 0 for 9 and just even finding anything. And I I swear every time I go to Target that like, hey, tomorrow's going to be the day. And I show up and it looks the exact same setup, the same empty, barren <laughs> shelves that I had witnessed for the previous three or four days. So I would say it's not necessarily barren shelves. It's empty. And it's like it's the it's the appealing like. Uh, for example, like Chronicles box, like gravity box, but it's empty inside of that. Or, uh, <laughs> or it's those dumb, like little action figure, like things you can get for like five bucks. Yes. Those like are in the wrong boxes or stickers. Stickers are the worst. Cause I'll go grab a pack of stickers <laughs> and be like, Oh, they have something. It'll be, oh, it'll be in yeah. your hand. It's like, I was so close. Uh, I think there's some like soccer attacks game or something that, uh, yeah. Max. Attack. Yeah. I I'm pretty close to getting like going all in on that game. Uh, just to have something to rip. Uh, but no, yeah, like you said, there's a bunch of huge signings, bunch of bunch of news. Uh, I think that was the the big thing we were talking when trying to figure out a day to record this this month's pod. Where uh, our hometown twins, up until about 48 hours ago, were kind of content with just uh, hanging back and letting the rest of the uh, the market kind of figure itself out. And then we went and did some things. But uh, I think that's a probably a good place to start. I, we we got our shortstop of the future question mark. Um, I I don't know. I guess you go go where, where uh, go whatever direction you want to go with. But I mean the big thing is obviously uh, the Twins go out and sign Angelton Simmons, uh, free agent shortstop, to a one year deal. And uh, yeah, take it away, Dave. What are you, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think this is it's it's that kind of point about uh, a good time to be talking about baseball. Uh, if you had talked to us a week ago, uh, when did happen? sign was that on the 20 late january here maybe two weeks ago you talked to both of us i think there was a degree of despondency and despair regarding the minnesota twins and the lack of action and kind of almost like throwing our hands up in the air and i would posit both like personally but also in that wider kind of twins twitter whatever you want to kind of call fan base that's plugged in and cares way too much about this uh, all of a sudden, with today's news, building off of J.A. Happ joining the Twins from the Yankees, love our Yankee pitching projects, uh, not necessarily projects, but maybe just like veteran, older dudes that have played for the Yankees, um, I think there's a sense of optimism all of a sudden built, especially off of today's news, uh, or excuse me, yesterday or today, the recent news around Simon. So. Uh, Simmons, you're looking at the Twins 
now finding a fifth starter, fourth, fifth starter locked in uh, a new starting shortstop who signs a one-year $10.5 million deal at the age of 31. He has, I believe, four gold gloves uh, that he's bringing to the equation here on the left side of the infield and also uh, a decent bat. Um, really had some great years with the Angels out west where dreams go to die, force him out for trout. Um, and you've reconfigured the Twins infield in one fell swoop and to an extent solved one of the other problems or uh, positional needs that they had in the fact that you're moving Jorge Polanco to second base is what is pretty well understood at this point in time and opening up Luis Arise as your super utility middle infielder slash maybe outfielder and another bat off the bench. So it, it, it really changed the landscape, I think, for Twins baseball, especially Twins fans, to kind of give us a little bit of something to build off of. And that's where it kind of stands. And we can talk a lot more about how that compares to maybe some other teams in the same division and what they've done to improve themselves. But the other big thing, Woody, of course, is they're apparently, quote unquote, from the Twins front office, two more moves that the Twins will be making. It Normally I would get really excited about hearing that last bit there that we still have moves to make. Unfortunately, <laughs> based on the previous two moves that we have made, uh, I'm worried that like we're going to go out and sign some like weird rookie sensation catcher who's also 29 um, with a lot of power but like questionable bat uh, for average ability. <laughs> and then like the next guy will be like a middling reliever for like $6 million who had two good seasons four seasons ago and is looking to rebuild uh, or start to rebuild his resume. Uh, it, it just feels <laughs> like that's the trend that's going. I We talked off pod before this. Uh, I made a big change last year going into the season of I was going to be optimistic. And I feel like I was for the most part yep. all season long until it yep. came down to a crashing end. Uh, and because of the way it ended, I, I, I think I have to go back to the old ways and just be back to pessimistic Woody with, with the Twins outlook here in a, you know what? Fool me once, shame on me, uh, or shame yep. on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. And uh, th- this year, I'm very much taking the approach of I'm not going to get get fooled again. Uh, I will allow you to prove yourself. And there's a couple free agents out there that uh, would, you know, maybe soften the level of pessimism on on my end. But um, I, I I didn't hate either signing. I think that's kind of my position on it. But I didn't love it either. And I really was hoping that the mm-hmm. Twins would have did something. Uh, and again, there's still time. There's still a few guys out there, and and it's getting slimmer each each passing week. But uh, they were they were very much like the twins moves that we made in like the mid 2000s just to try to keep staying relevant. And again, this is kind of going back to what I've talked about in previous previous pods, where it just you get the feeling that that's what we're trying to do again is just stay relevant, try to keep the window open as long as we can instead of maybe making a couple more difficult decisions and actually setting ourselves up to win a playoff game, maybe maybe even win a series. I don't I don't know, do something different than what we've done since 2004. There there is a, a very big kind of elephant in the closet kind of with with the Twins postseason struggles that that this definitely doesn't and I I feel like that doesn't move the needle whatsoever. So I recognize that point and that frustration. And I think it's, I think it's, it's a very valid, valid, valid point. And I'm just, I'm I'm sitting here wondering if, if it's enough to say like, yo, 2020 shouldn't almost count. Like that year was weird, like bonkers, weird and an anomaly. And I think we had that conversation. We'd we'd have to go back and, and check in, but that that's one thing I would put out there as kind of, and for the twins' sake, uh, again, Buxton not healthy, Donaldson not healthy. It's a weird year. All of that kind of stuff is what you could put up against your argument. Like, sure, these seem to be like middle of the road moves, and it's kind of like, is there a space? I'm wondering, kind of, kind of talking to myself internally here. Is is that kind of the argument to be made? It's like these are good 162 game maneuvers. They make you defensively better they add to a rotation that actually 
grades out pretty damn well. It doesn't move that needle all the way to say if like all of a sudden Trevor Bauer is not a New York Met, but rather a Minnesota twin is at the top of your rotation. Um, no, they don't do that, but these might be moves that make you a better team for a long baseball season. Which is a little flimsy ground because a long baseball season and I will be the first to admit that you might need a Trevor Bauer to win a World Series. And he ain't on this team. Although Kenta is a beast, so yeah, there is that. That, that is true. Kenta is definitely... I, fingers crossed that he didn't just like overperform or outperform actually who he is. And I don't think he did, to be fair. I really think that he is... He has, I should put it this way, he has a chance, in my opinion, to maybe be a top five number two pitcher in, in Major League Baseball, where if he's on your in your rotation and he is the second guy in your rotation, you're probably feeling really good about your position on it, unless, like, your third pitcher is Michael Pineda. Um, the, <laughs> and even then, you're probably still feeling like, you know what, if one and two can win both their starts we win four games we win a series that's how it works um but kind of going back a little bit to again like you said it's just moves over 162 games like you're gonna need to do some kind of maneuvering like this uh the the simmons move to me feels a lot like the scope move that we made two years ago um Mm. weirdly both from carousel um and Scope is probably available for us yeah. to just bring back in some capacity. <laughs> and if we really wanted to, we could just have them up the middle, which would be a very interesting kind of a play on it. But I look at Scope's first year, and I guess only year, with us uh, two seasons ago. You know, he batted two fifty six, He hit 23 home runs, played in 121 games, uh, was able to, you know, 23 doubles, RBI 59. But again, he's not a huge RBI guy by any means. Um, if... We, well, if we get 23 home runs from Simmons, I'll be ecstatic. Uh, but yeah, and and honestly, I'm not sure if we want that. But honestly, if that's what we get for what ten and a half million dollars is probably gonna cost, with also like just a guaranteed, barring any crazy like fluke injuries or regressions, um, a Gold Glove level defensive shortstop, which I think is also part of it. Again, for one year, what else are we gonna do? I just for me, what I get a little worried about now is it seems like we had or have still a guy who in Arias who kind of gets lost in the shuffle a little bit of, yeah, he goes in that Marwin Gonzalez role. Um, he play a little second base, possibly a little third base, maybe some corner outfield um, in some spots. And that gets exciting. But what I also get a little worried about is I believe also when we signed Simmons that uh, there's a report out there as well of what happens to, you know, the kind of trickle-down effects of signing a guy like Simmons, boost Polanco to second, obviously, where it probably should be anyways, uh, and then Arias, that utility spot. Um, Arias still, we're not sure he can hit a lefty, I believe is the the worry. Um, and also that we might now, might now look to move him for pitching, which kind of rolls us into the Twins rotation a little bit and maybe some more J.A. Happ conversation here too, where personally Arias, just as a fan favorite of mine, I don't want to see go for some like fourth starter level pitcher who's going to come in for a year, maybe a year and a half. Uh, and, yeah. and who knows if, you know, he even plays a role in us doing well in the playoffs. Uh, at the same time, you look at a guy like Arias and you're like, like, what do we really, what do we really do with this guy that doesn't have like an elite attribute other than like, doesn't really swing at bad pitches, which is good. But Again, you look at it where it's like I don't I don't really know where he goes and I don't know where he fits. But um, kind of going in that rotation, what 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 would you try to hopefully look to get back from knowing where our rotation is now after signing Hap? If Arias is the guy that gets moved, and it could be a, a handful of guys, it could be Polanco, it could be Kepler. It's going to be weird names that might be shopped. It could be Sano, it could be Buxton, right? Of this this kind of list yeah. of guys that are like, hey, we like them, but is who? Depending on who we could get, what what are you kind of looking for in terms of like pitching an arm talent coming back for someone like an Arias? I mean, for like a straight up value, it, it seems like that that's that's just not that doesn't compute. Like an, an Arias, what's Arias's equivalent just on a on a 
individual to individual, like if you're comparing, looking for a uh, limited defensive second baseman who has a good eye at the plate, good plate discipline, has great at-bats. What's the equivalency of that from like a starting pitcher? Yeah, is that like, (laughs) is there somebody on like Pittsburgh's staff that's like uh, able to get some strikeouts, but not too overpowering and, and, you know, had a tough record because he played for the Pirates. Like, I, I, I guess I go there, like uh, a younger player, I guess, just youth-wise. So I wonder then if if Arias becomes part of a bigger package. And I, I kind of, I'm entertaining that kind of idea of all of a sudden with Simmons there in, in the center and Polanco's potentially some, because what if you just roll with Arias at second and then you actually spend some money and bring marwin back or there's a couple other i think names that are still out there in terms of utility players so it just brings up this interesting kind of are there a lot more trade ships now is arias could he be part of a package deal elsewhere and i still think we have how many outfielders what do you like five technically that are in the mix yeah yeah five or six in the mix for sure and with that, I guess I, I'm not sure where this market seems to be at in terms of deals. There was definitely the Mets making the big deal to bring Carrasco and Lindor over there in return for many, many prospects, as well as what uh, San Diego has been up to this whole time, bringing Darvish down. So is there, that's the kind of thing, then I'd be like, well, then who's out there who's still kind of looking to be willing to move some of their veteran staff or like proven quantities for youth. And if you're saying like, Hey, we got a rise, we got Rooker, we've got, you know, Kirloff's our guy, he's going to start. So that means we're willing to move X, Y, Z down that name. Can we move that for uh sunny gray? Um, uh, you know, some of these other teams, if, if Bauer doesn't sign with the reds, which I don't think that's even being talked about. Right. I mean, then they're kind of like, so what do we do with this roster that we built to compete last year? Are there some opportunities? And maybe that's a good point where the Twins are kind of at is you've addressed some needs for a long-term season. You've got like a plan in place. Now you let that market come to you a little bit. And again, this is drinking some Homer coffee over here uh, to an extent, but it's kind of like all of a sudden the Twins are in a better position. Like you've, you've knocked out some of your needs you built in flexibility from a market standpoint, as well as from kind of an everyday putting together a baseball team. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point about like the Arias thing, and I think that was kind of the the, the way I was trying to pose the question. It was done a little poor, a little poorly there, but like you're not getting anything for Arias. Like everyone's gonna look at you like you're are you nuts? Like we're not like the, the name that came to mind. Honestly, that this is the kind of guy you get like a Joe Musgrove back. Where it's like, yeah, okay, a guy that's kind of bounced up and down from the minors the last five years. Um, I think there's one season, and again, some of this might be health. I'm I'm gonna admit right now openly, I haven't really kept up on Joe Musgrove's career over the years, but um, <laughs> he had two years ago he started 32 games and he had a ERA of 4.44. Like he seems to be a north of four guy. Last year he starts eight games, has a 3.86. So I don't know, maybe maybe there's something to be said there. But again, it's like. Don't you have that in your farm system and a young guy who's 23, 24 maybe who can do the same thing? My argument would be yes. So it then turns into the question of, hey, you look at the rotation now and you're like, we got at the top, Maeda, Barrios, Pineda's prize slotted in number three. Now that you get has, or you know, or Hap, right? Hap is three, Pineda four. Yep. Uh, really one spot open. And there's a couple guys that could kind of be fighting for that spot, I think. Uh, I mean, Dominic's. Yeah. It's Dobnak's spot to lose. Pretty much. And can you get better there by saying, you know what? Yeah. We can find a utility infielder like Marwin Gonzalez again. And there is a little bit of value for Arias. But you know where there's a lot of value? Arias plus a Rooker plus a Larnick. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe if there's a team that wants to take a shot on a Garver with that, could you put together like a mini package of what uh, the Mets sent in Cleveland and go and find a, a bona fide two slash three starter, uh, another yeah. maybe a better bat option, 
and then maybe be willing to include a, a starting outfielder or something like that. Yeah. And that's in, and with that too, does that give you a little bit of like flexibility if Cruz is not where you end up? That, yeah, fair point there as uh, well. I think with the, I, and that's, that's like to move us to the Nelson Cruz yep. conversation, but and this is where, you know, let's double check the payroll as well. Cause this is kind of that larger piece here is the twins are sitting at with Simmons on this team, the roster as it is $102 million. Last year payroll was just north of about 143 okay. million. And one of the things that I've, I was reading through the athletic and a couple of their articles was just like predict a 20% drop in payroll for major league baseball. And that's not for all clubs. San Diego, uh, New York. <laughs> uh, but I mean, that's COVID. Like it's biting into everything. It's got to be, it's got to be reckoned with. So with that, the twins would be at like around $100 million, right? We're at 100 right now. You've pretty much, with that logic in place, you got $20 million to spend. You still need a designated hitter on this team. Unless you're like, you know what? Nelson Cruz, thanks for your time. Luis Arise, come on down. You're actually our DH splitting time with Larnack, with Rooker, with Kirloff. You know, that's that's an option. And then you have $20 million to pursue the kind of dregs that are left for the other biggest need the twins have. And that is a right handed pitcher who can come in and give you out at the end of a ball game. And that's Trevor Rosenthal, Alex Comey, or Shane green are like the three names that are still out there. And each one of those guys is going to look for, you know, one or two years at least North of six or 7 million a year. But again, you've got, let's say 20 million in the war chest. Yeah, I. that's a good point, too, where all of a sudden the rotation question gets answered by Nelson Cruz as well as just the budget in general. And yeah, the 20% down set puts us at losing roughly about $24 million from last year. If we were right around 140 you said we're at about 102 right now. So all of a sudden mm-hmm. we're looking at we've got probably about I think that I think the Twins would be generous enough to say let's call it $20 million left roughly. Uh that's probably Nelson Cruz, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. what do you really want to do here? Now, this is where we're not far off between the two of us, I don't think, in, in previous conversations on Nelson Cruz. Uh, the biggest thing that works in our f- favor here is the big decision by MLB's, I think it's the Players Association technically, yep. right? Where they said no expanded mm-hmm. DH, no expanded playoffs. So yep. half of the teams that were interested in Nelson Cruz off the table. Yep. But – the the no expanded playoffs thing brings us back to granted i you know we we do well last year we would have made the playoffs last year regardless if it's eight teams whether it's five teams uh it does put us in a weird spot though of if we're on the wrong side of nelson cruz decline uh mm-hmm. and get stuck with the bill like we're probably out of the playoffs and don't have moves to make and we don't have guys that we can ship out and so it puts us in a weird spot i at the start of the offseason I think we were both kind of sitting on, it was two good years. Uh, thanks for the time. Uh, Bomba squad was cool, but we got to kind of go move on. And it's probably, you know, Miguel Sano, we don't really trust you anywhere with a glove on. So uh, you seem like the next next guy up. Now thinking about that a little bit more and having some time, if we can get 285, 30 homers, 80 RBI, 110 games i'm all on board the problem is that's still going to cost you 15 to 20 million because he's going to be wanting to get paid for the season even though he's going to play at best 125 games right he's you know last year was an anomaly because it's a 60 game sprint uh two years ago when he was on the team and this is what took him out of the mvp talk he sat out like 40 games um i just don't trust the front office to if we say no to Cruz. And knowing that he is a guaranteed yeah. fan favorite, he's a guaranteed uh, just face that you can go and market around, that we are going to use that $20 million, A, to the full potential of $20 million. Like, we very well could just pocket, mm-hmm. like, 11 of it and just spend nine on, like, uh, like you said, like a, a, a green or uh, 
or some just worthless reliever. Oh boy. You know, yeah. or yeah. are we actually going to go use that 20 million and go bring in someone that that's valuable? I don't know. I guess that's, that's kind of why I'm just like, you know what? Just bring back Cruz then. Cause again, do I think Cruz is going to be a two thirty slash like 21 slash 65? Yeah, I know. But I also don't expect him to come in and bat 320 with 42 homers and 120 RBI. Could it happen? Maybe, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Unless he's on that Barry Bonds weight program at 40, age 41, I, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, it, it's it's a, it's a tough spot, and that the Twins have nobody but kind of themselves to blame for that. I mean, that, that's that's like you you were tripping on Cruz for for two seasons. And at some point in time, I, I feel like you just got to get off it. And, and I'm, I'd, I'd rather roll the dice and, and kind of pushing back against your kind of like, how are we going to use that 20 million? It's like, how are we going to use that roster spot? Who's going to have that chance to prove, or at least like, good God, that's why you have a farm system. That's why you have Rooker, Larnack, Kirloff, and like give them the goddamn chance to play. What's Lewis doing? I guess if, if we're not, if we're not bringing in crews, then I want, that to be one of those names and like see what we have there and see if we can find something potentially to, to get some of those numbers or I, I guess it's just like if if we're gonna move on gotta move on like I can't I'm not too keen on lingering and like you're saying if there's 20 million that's gonna be then still on the table unused and we're just not gonna use that to its full potential. That kind of signals like twins are waving white flag right away, isn't it? <laughs> We're going to be fine. Laurent, Larnack's going to cover. It's going to be okay. That, that 30 home runs you were talking about, we'll find a way to cruise it. Which would be great. But again, one of those things where you're like, I just don't, just we've talked about this before too just it's seemingly our inability to develop on the schedule that it should be not on our schedule which i hate when they do that because then all of a sudden yeah it's better for us because they're free agents at like 32 but also like are we missing potentially like a generational kind of player that we really can get behind as a fan base maybe not maybe like that's all our prospects are just like a bunch of b-level players but i want to believe they aren't the only thing i get worried about now is if, if the lineup for the Chicago White Sox goes Tim Anderson, Moncada, uh, Nelson Cruz, Jose Abreu, uh, Luis Robert, uh, and, the, and then you still have Grandal in there, you still have Magical in there, uh, their outfielders are actually kind of trash. <laughs> um, yeah, they just, they just picked up Eaton and Angle, right? Yeah, it's... It's pretty poopy. Um, maybe I'm not as afraid of that outfield as much, but that that's the one thing where it's like you also have to think about with, with Nelson Cruz, and this is kind of my last point on him, where, again, it's guaranteed to give you a face that you can market around for this year, which is going to be important because we're going to have, again, a season that's going to be down, especially to start the year. We don't know about the fan situation. We expect by the playoffs to probably be at somewhere between 50 and 75% capacity uh, is my guess. And that's probably still being pretty pretty optimistic. But is this a situation where you say, you know what, it's got a one-year deal, and we just keep doing one-year deals from here on out. And if he's willing to come in for 15, awesome. If it's 16, 17, less awesome, but still doable, and then we just draw a line at 18. 18s are kind of take it or leave it, and then you, you feel fine, and I think he, he would. I think it'd be foolish of him to, to walk away from that at 40, especially in a, in a stadium he knows he can hit in. And then again, like I said, it saves you from him going to another American League team. And I think the last thing that I would ever want to see this season is a pissed-off uh, Nelson Cruz coming up to bat in the top the top of the first inning in game five of the first round of the playoffs and him mashing a two-run homer and just being like, could have had it, could have had me. And uh, yep. Yep. and then Miguel Sano goes, proceeds to go 0 for 4 with three strikeouts in that game as their game. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking like the, I think it's a great point about too, the, the political fallout from Twins fan base. If you're like, hey, uh, there fell over here tapping the mic. Yeah, we we just couldn't we couldn't uh, 
you could not bring Nelson Cruz back for, you know, on, on, on what other scenario under the sun do you see happening other than, you know, like having to eat crow in front of reporters, not in front of, but in, t- in front of the fan base saying like, we just, we couldn't do Nelson Cruz and then they don't do anything else in addition. And then, yeah, it's, it's, I don't like it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very uncomfortable thinking about it then. Cause then you, you, it's back to your point about like, how would the twins, this organization leverage that 20 million sitting on the table? Do we really think they're going to package Arias and some of our corner outfielders and some kind of bundle to actually track down somebody that in, is there any team that's willing to separate themselves from a number two, number three starter? Um, or number one starter, which is really what it would really take to be competitive. And I think it's just another point. There's like, there's nobody riding to the rescue. Balasovich is not going to solve your problems here. Um, but also like Cruz isn't long-term. So you're kind of like, damn, it's a, a tricky, tricky, tricky rope to be walking here. Cause like spending 15, eight, you know, 15 to 20 million on Cruz, I feel is like there's a, 50% chance it's not going to work out and you've burned that cash as is, but better to burn the cash on something that has potential than not anything. Yeah. It's exactly like you put it. It, it, it. And it's one of those weird situations that the twins seemingly get themselves in every three years, right? It's this weird spot of what do we do now? And it just doesn't seem to like really change with, now, the player usually is different, right? Right now, it's it's weird to be like, hey, it's the best DH in in the, well, I guess, you know, the AL is the only thing that's relevant. But, like, in Major League Baseball, it's the, arguably the best designated hitter that you're having this conversation with and instead of, like, being, like, a weird, like, second starter who's really should be, like, a fourth starter, which is usually where we find ourselves, which is which is nice because it takes the pressure off of us having to have this conversation around Old Rizzi. Um, mm-hmm. But, yep. yeah, that Super there's nice. a great example of, what they're probably thinking about is, hey, do we take Nelson Cruz or do we take Jake Odorizzi and punch him into the rotation? And I don't, I don't really know what the answer is on that. I think the, there is one trade out there, and I've mentioned this before off pod that, <laughs> hey, if we could package literally any, hey, Rice Lewis, you want him? Sure, he's yours. Uh, anyone not named Kirillov because I don't even know why. Honestly, if you want Kirillov, you can take him too. Uh, Arias, yours, whatever. We'll find a second baseman if you want Polanco in this deal as well. But if you could manage a way to just like, I'm just trying to think of who are disgruntled all-star level players that have great bats and do they have a pitcher on the roster too where they're like, you know what, you can have him as well. Can we do a little double swoop for a little Nolan Arenado and John Gray and like solve two problems with one? Yeah. yeah, we don't have any farm guys anymore. But you know what are what are the odds that a Larnick or a Kirillov or a Royce Lewis are ever at the level of Nolan Arenado? Probably not great. So like, Hey, yeah, he's a little older. I think he's gonna be—he's thirty this year. He is owed a lot of money. He has flexibility at third and first, so him and Donaldson and Sano can kind of all figure out little DH, little first, little third. Send Sano in that package. Back yeah, you know what? Way. Yeah, exactly. He can go hit forty bombs <laughs> in Coors Field and 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 revive your career bat in like two eighty. And everyone's like, "Man, shouldn't have moved on from Sano." That would be—that's what I dream about, actually, Dave. I dream about somebody <laughs> telling me, "Man, I wish we would have kept Miguel Sano." You know why? Because that means we traded him, and that means we got something back for him. Oh, and I love that. It's it's like a it's like. It's the it's the old bird uh, trailer park boys getting two birds stoned at once, um, and there's precedent. Kadir did the same thing too, yep. right? Like Cuddy went out there and was like, "Whoa, what is up with this guy?" Like it's fucking Coors Field. <laughs> so, oh, that that makes me feel warm and fuzzy just thinking of uh, Big Miguel and those purple and black and white tops. I hope hell do they have out there? <laughs> I, I hope that they make them wear the sleeveless jerseys in like yes. like early April. So like maybe a little bit of snow and like they have to like come out to like bat and like take off like the jacket and it's just snow with these like not even like ripped arms but just huge massive arms and he just comes out with a baseball bat and just mashes a ball. Yeah, it, oh, it'd be it'd be glorious. How and this is just pausing and spending a little bit of time on Miguel. Uh, if if he if he just wasn't if we had done him kind of like they did Eddie, how would you be feeling? We just caught him. 
And, and it, it's a very different scenario. Like salary wise, I think they're not in the same position and there's not surplus of where they are at on the team. But like, I'm, I'm sitting here and if you had told me six months ago, like, hey, Eddie Rosario is gone. Like, he ain't coming back. I would have kind of been sad. But now I'm sitting here being like, oh yeah, we don't have Eddie Rosario anymore. This is great. I, I, I get to see somebody other than Eddie Rosario play this summer. I'm excited about that. Oh, we had that same feeling for Miguel Snow. That would be wonderful. That's it's a little, it's a little, yeah. it's, you know, we, it, it only took us, I don't know what the timestamp is right now. I'm going to roughly say it's been about like 35 minutes here. Uh, I forgot Eddie Rosario's not on our team up until this point. I was obviously aware of it going in and prep. Um, I think pour a little out for Eddie because I think he was kind of done a little wrong in that. Like that was a weird, Hey man, like we're just not even going to pay you this year. We don't want to pay you next year. Uh, we're way off in contracts. Apparently he's going to hit 30 bombs somewhere this year. And like, and he, he can't find a job right now. It's, it's it's, that's bizarre. Cause he's a huge candidate to me. He feels destined to be traded to, like, the Arizona Diamondbacks at the deadline as, like, a playoff push guy, and then Arizona, like, falls short and is, like, out of the race by mid-September. And, like, oh, man, we kind of gave up a lot for this Eddie Rosario guy. But, like, the first two <laughs> weeks that he's, like, there in the end of July after the deadline or, like, early August, he's just like, man, Rosario, player of the week again, back-to-back weeks, hitting 400 <laughs> with four home runs and 12 RBI. Like, he's just destined for that kind of, like, showing up with some just – always middling team in a, in a state or an area that just doesn't care. Uh, I saw him linked to the Brewers, speaking of middling teams that people just don't exactly. care. Uh, and they also have like three outfielders as is. Yeah, so Poise Braun, you know, it, it's good. I will say this, though. The last time we were able to attend any Twins game, uh, which would have been the playoff game in 2019, my dad and I were there when he hit that bomb to straightaway center. And I remember thinking of that game being like, at least he gives a shit. Like, he was the only guy that showed up for that whole yeah. series, seemingly. And then he comes to that yeah. one home game we have, and he hits a huge home run to keep us in it for the time being. And then, you know, we just kind of fizzled out. But so I will miss that a little bit of, yeah, he doesn't, like, show that he's trying as hard as, like, a Kepler. And I think that's just, like, some of his nature of that. But, oh, man, like, I just – Jake Cave, yes. Kirillov, and Rooker, and Lamont Wade – Someone out of those four better hit 330 home runs this year, and I don't think it's going to be Cave. So, like, because I think Rosario always now Rosario not a 300, but he has the you know 280, 275 is 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 expected. It was like yeah. peak yeah. peak for Rosario, and that's where it's kind of like again, it's uh, it's Kirilov's time. Um, it, it's 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 a tough reckoning to come to, and I think this is I've been floating around this a little bit. It's kind of like look at the squad like the donaldson move means like you're contending right the kenta move means you're contending but then getting rid of rosario and replacing that with kirloff is not is like a we're we're building for the future so the twins seem to have like two feet in two different kind of directions and where the hell does cruise then fit in that and that as well like if you sign Cruz, are you in a compete now mode? I, I guess. But if you don't sign, then you're then you're in the we are seeing what we have and we're kind of waving a bit of a like rebuild. But then again, you got lodestones of Donaldson and Kenta. Like, are you hoping that Kirloff flashes and hits? And that's yeah. It's a. Uh, are we on the same page here with Kirloff that we expect absolutely absolutely zero defense from him? in a corner outfield spot, yeah. right? That's yeah. He's, he's destined to hopefully make the transition to first base. And realistically, he's going to be given like one season to try that out. And then he's going to be the DH at like age, like 28. Um, which again, none of that well, I don't I'm... have a problem with, but I think it's, he's going to be covered up by Buxton and his general like rookie season effort to like try to catch some balls out in left field. Uh, and then slowly we just come to realize that, man, this guy sucks out here. Uh, but maybe not. I don't, I don't know. I guess I, 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 I just haven't heard a ton about him playing defense out there, which is why like a guy like Jake Cave or like a Lamont Wade have a shot here at making the roster, or both realistically have a really good shot at making the roster uh, as guys that could that could help out right away. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think overall when I look at this kind of last piece of where we're at right now, and it's January 27th, 
just the state of like the Minnesota Twins roster. And obviously, there's still like like we said, there's there's the two moves that we've been told are coming, but also there's going to be some smaller stuff that happens. You know, I just get a little nervous that not necessarily so nervous of like 2010 Vikings, where we bring back all 22 starters and then like Sidney Rice is mad about a contract, so he gets surgery a week before the season starts and we go like <laughs> five and eleven or whatever happened that year. Um, not that nervous, but pretty close. Like. I really think we're setting ourselves up to like be one of those teams mid to late May that like the the B's or the C's on MLB tonight or something or baseball tonight is man, the Minnesota Twins, slow start. Like just can't figure it out. What's going on in Minnesota? Like I just feel like that headline's coming with this roster. Um I feel like a lot of like really easy like Hitters are going to be like, well, they brought in J.A. Happ, thought that he could do it, and it pr- turns out that, you know, maybe he he doesn't have the same stuff. And Josh Donaldson, you know, when he he signed here, you know, it was, it was he was coming off a pretty good season with the Braves, and now it looks like he might be a, kind of a, a, a shadow of himself, and they can't really figure out the outfield, and Buxton's hurt again. And I, I just feel like that, that, that rolling is coming, and I just want something that's going to be like, we can turn to it and uh, like a Jack, give me a Jack Parkman somewhere, right? Give me something where even if the rest of this team is like kind of not really keeping it together, that at least we have him and at worst case scenario, we ship him off in July and then we rally and like make the, make the playoffs because of uh, just real <laughs> big, like fuck Jack Parkman, but like push on, on, internally. And, and there, I love that. Cause I think that's our segue right there to like, there are teams that have done that this off season. Blue Jays went out, signed Springer, like you did it. And then they also Marcus Simeon, they signed him as well. Uh, you know, in it, it's those kind of things that, and I think you've you've long lamented the fact, like why, not necessarily, because I think there's there's a bit of like you could say Donaldson was a home run swing. I, I don't. I think there's also a lot of folks that would be really happy to say like, Haha, you're dumb. No, he's not. It's a bad signing which we heard a lot of and I kept hearing all summer and then I tried to shove it back in people's faces. And here we sit with, it might actually be true that Donaldson is not the home run swing that we should have taken. But I mean, I mean, look, let's look around baseball off season again, blue Jays. And that's Kirby Yates also brought in at the, at the back end of that uh, rotation there um, for their bullpen, the white Sox, Liam Hendricks. That's, that's a big signing. Like that's going out there and like address you addressed your need. Now he's not necessarily like a, a Lindor to carry your lineup like the Mets have in place along with Pete, along with some other pieces there, kind of fun little Mets team. Um, and the Padres too, like, you know, there, there's we're pitching, like here comes you Darvish, here comes Blake Snell. Like it, it's, the twins definitely don't have that. And if they do, it's going to be like Nelson Cruz, who has this big question mark about like he's old as time. You really think this is the move that you're going to, we're not bringing in. We, and again, Nolan Arenado, we're not bringing in a Nolan Arenado and like semi prime of his career to be like, you're the guy now here are the keys to the car. It's like Nelson, you're, you're, you know, you're, he's not the guy. So there's not, and baseball might not be, that might not be the best way to approach it, but you can say to an extent, like you Darvish, you're our stud ace now. Like you're our guy. We need you game one of the NLCS to get us on the road to the world series. Uh, Francisco Lindor, you're our guy. You need to protect Pete Donaldson, the polar bear and like help get us back into contention here. George Springer, you need to bring the rest of this team with you, you know, show Bichette the way, show Vladdy the way, you know, and the twins, they haven't done that. And honestly, do we, do we in any degree think they would? No. Yeah. It, it, it felt like when there were moves to be made and moves to be had moves that I felt like uh, an organization at the level of, like of the twins, right? It's not the Yankees like in, in the Red Sox and, and, uh, you know, the Dodgers, not, you know, not those kind of moves, but moves the Twins going to make. So some risk involved, but we're there for the taking. Like, we just didn't make them, and we let every other team make those moves. And Liam Hendricks. Yeah, yeah perfect <laughs> example. And it's a, there were clearly guys that we could afford and we could take a shot at uh, that we just 
didn't really make a push for. And now some of the talk is that, like, hey, there was some interest. I think Hendricks is a guy that we may have talked to. I know there's one, a couple guys out there. Where... We talked to Yates, and we, we were in on the conversations for some of the other uh, arms that have just signed. It's if we're talking especially relief yeah, pitching yeah. and we were in conversations with Marcus Simeon um, as yep. well, because they, they were, it, it sounds like this twin sprint office was always looking to do something with the middle of the yes. field. Yeah. Um, so we were in on those conversations. We are out on you on a uh, Trevor Bauer, <laughs> which, yeah, it's, which, which again, I, it, that was kind of pipe dreamish. That's Nolan Arnado, you know, Hey, shows up kind of thing. And I get that, but we just, it feels like in a, in a, opportunity to make the team better we chose to go the other direction and say where can we kind of like try to trim some fat and it turns out that we're pretty lean to begin with and there's not a lot of areas unless it's you know really blowing everything up there's not a way a lot of ways to do that and i just felt like you look around where yeah like i I don't know if springer's realistic to expect to come here you know it's like i don't there's no way Cleveland's trading us Lindor, right? There's certain things that don't really make sense, but there were plenty of things out there where it's like, man, like I think you could have done a few things here and you could have felt like we were getting better. A team that still has yet to win a playoff game in 16 years now, where instead we just like, you know what? Just getting there is good enough. And we'll hope that we luck into maybe a win or two in the playoffs in the wild card round or something. And I just was hoping for a little bit more going into 2021. Yeah. Yep. And, and it's, it's, some of this is outside of like your control as, as an organization. Like you, you don't determine like when other teams contracts and for their free agents, you know, it, you, you should know the whole, breadth and scope and know what direction you want to go and that's maybe maybe that's the that's the central point of this this kind of conversation is what direction are the twins going like are are we honestly telling ourselves we're going to compete with this team i i have fan graphs pulled up right now woody and it's it's not it's not sexy (laughs) it's 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 not it and especially like infield reserves when you're like Hey, Mitch Garver, you're a backup catcher. <laughs> That's what Fangraphs has him as. Like, oh, Mitch, come back for us. Uh, Simmons, Garver, Buxton, Kieloff, Polanco, Sano, Donaldson, Arias, Kepler. That still is like, okay, there's there's still, we know that they've been able to, like, Kepler we know has produced, like, known entity. Arias is, is, is a wonder and like i don't know if, what what we expect to get out of arise donaldson is gonna like a big question mark uh snow is uh bury your head in the palm of your hand and hope that we can replace that name. there's there's gonna yeah, be 30 just... to 35 swings from snow this year where you're gonna be like oh man that's a relief and they're all gonna go about 425 feet over a fence and then every other swing yeah. after that you're gonna be like god damn it why is he still on our team <laughs> I wonder, and this is where I want to, I want to, and I'll get Polanco. I'm kind of still like, I don't like Jorge Polanco. I like Jorge Polanco a lot, actually. Kirloff, I, you know, I just from a sheer standpoint of like, maybe he'll be like Eddie 1.5 or like he'll be everything Eddie is and a little bit more, like won't make boneheaded base running mistakes every other game or like, Every time you happen to tune in, it seems like. And then number one, in the head and heart, like if this dude is healthy, it's an MVP fucking potential season. Like that's how good Byron is. Please be healthy, Byron. Uh, and then Garver, you know, anything that's different than last year, please, God. In uh, Simmons, like, okay, there's some stuff to work with and like some potential to, for things to line up correctly there. Bench-wise, Rooker, Cave, Black and Horn, and Ryan Jeffers. Not too hot, so maybe replace one of those names with Royce Lewis and Rooker, keep him on there, and we'll be cooking a little bit. And then pitching staff, I think we we briefly touched on this. I, I think the staff is fine, you know, from a standpoint of, like, you could potentially be in competition for the Central because, honestly, do, we, do you believe, Woody, that Lance Lynn is the answer? Like maybe as number two and three, which he is, and that's the scary thing because he was out there to be had at that, and the and the White Sox did it. 
so to your point exactly like that's a move we could have probably didn't we have him like five years ago yes that's right for like those three starts uh or seemingly felt like felt that way yeah the lance lynn one's tough the hendricks one is really tough to swallow because (laughs) it's again a team that was you felt right there all last season and everyone told you they were coming it's not like this like out of nowhere story it's like hey these guys are kind of putting something together here like you might want to start to rethink what you're doing uh this isn't you versus Cleveland anymore. Cleveland's probably bowing out. And they, and then Cleveland put up a, a hell of a fight last year too. So um, I think you look at it and you go, man, like if Hendricks and if Lynn go to any team out, honestly any t- other team in the Central or any other team in the league, you're like, you know what, wish we would have got them, but no. But the fact that they went to Chicago, the one team that on paper right now is – seven eight wins better than us so like already yeah. we're probably trying to catch them for the central like it's just a tough thing to see uh i want to finish with what you packed out of these packs here but before that last thing to wrap up on buxton how worried are you that he's going to put together like a 290 37 88 slash line this season with like 50 stolen bases and like 12 robbed home runs and win like the gold glove silver slugger and mvp this year and then all of a sudden we're faced with a real big question of well uh like 10 years 250 million isn't really that much uh i thought you i thought you were gonna leave with a question is yeah sorry I'll let no you that's pretty much it like uh yeah it's it and then you get put I, into a, a locked into like a potential a-rod kind of contract with byron buxton i I thought you were going to ask me then if I would really be kicking myself for not bidding on every single one of these PSA 10 uh, 2015 uh, Topps Chrome uh, autos that I have been watching and yes, could have spent $142 on purchasing, but I did not. Uh, you know what? At, at this point in time in the Byron Buxton super fan experience, I would love it. I would absolutely, I would, I would, I would say, yep. <laughs> Sign me like where do I sign for that? That's right the, that's now? the correct answer. Yes. I, I I want him. I want that for Byron Buxton so so badly. And I think like that alone to be like all of a sudden like come out of everything else and just like step into the into what he is just he is capable of like out of the shadows into the light like he is here. He is the Minnesota Twins. Like I just you know you're saying like Nelson Cruz is a franchise face and like you can market that. I, you just can't. He's not. He's not an everyday player. And like, I think it's like if you have like Byron Buxton is like, hey, it's me, Byron Buxton. You should be cheering on the Minnesota Twins this summer. And like right behind him on that bit is Nelson Cruz. And Cruz, you know, like Cruz is like patting him on the shoulder and being like, "Yep, yeah, I'm with this guy. I'm only playing in 100 games, but this guy, 150 games. He's the dude. Like, sign me up for that, please, please. I would." And that would that would make the season if we if we don't crack 500, but Byron Buxton is everything we thought he could be, then yeah, <laughs> like I said, sign me up. I I would then also probably be in the camp of being like, this is the franchise player. Give him that 10 million dollar deal, and everybody could rip me to shreds for the next year when he's hanging on a wall somewhere, crumpled in a heap below that wall. But to, to your point, I I think I'm belaboring it. Yes, I just I only want good things for Byron Buxton, and I think because I only want good things for Byron Buxton, good things happen to the Twins when good things happen to Byron. And that was the one thing I wanted to ask you, Woody. Like, what do you see happening for this off season? What positive moves could be made to to help you kind of feel a little bit more optimistic about this this season, um, barring a Nolan Arenado trade? Um, but like really like free agency wise, or is there anything even like projecting on what player does what, what, what would it take for you to get kind of like excited about this team? Or what do you think? Two part question. What would, what would it take for you to get excited about it in the off season? And then who are the key players to sustain that success and have good seasons? And maybe that's one we can touch on more once we get a little bit closer to spring training, but just at the top of your head. Because I'm like, for me, it's like Byron has to, has to, or else this whole thing is pointless. It's meaningless unless Byron Buxton can 
can give us 120 plus games. Yeah, I think I'm trying to see if uh, for whatever reason, oh man, back to this dumb website with the bulletin board, cork board, uh, thing. No, I and here's the issue too with the free agent stuff is as you went down the the lineup with with the current roster, like there's not exactly like a spot for a bat, right? That's kind of stuff too where it's like like. For instance, and I know some of these guys have been signed, but like, like if you're going after a guy like a Justin Turner or a Michael Brantley, uh, you know, or like a Marcus Simeon, like where do you put them in to like who are you taking out, and are they significantly better? Or should, and, and that's where again I get the Twins being like, hey, I don't really know what we should be doing here. Um, if you're not going to go for a Nelson Cruz, uh, you know, a guy, oh, man, it's again what do you what do you do with that like would you i would probably honestly say at this point say hey like let's just give our guys a shot at this and see if we can go with the Kirillov, kepler sano donaldson first base mix and then again donaldson at third or arise at third or call somebody up to to fill in when we need to uh as they can just drive up the street from from the saint stadium and uh and, and just go with that but i just the problem is it felt a little kind of like self-sabotage by way of uh, self-fulfilling prophecy in the sense of that we now are at the point where that is the best option and we should go with that. And so every fan and every you know person sitting around the team and following the team is just like, yeah, just give your guys a shot. The problem being is that management put us in that position where that is the best option when there are actually better options to be had earlier, but now it doesn't make a ton of sense. You think of a guy, you know, where it's like, Hey, catcher's a real issue. Like real Muto, like, cool. Let's just figure that part out. And now we add a bat. Now we add a, like a, a 140 games behind the plate and and we're good. And we can, we can kind of figure some stuff out. Just the names now that are available I just don't nothing, nothing. Yeah, like and even the stuff that like was available too. Like I'm I'm glad we didn't sign Brantley, right? I you know, I'm mm. I'm I'm glad that we were kinda you know, we're not really in the mix for uh Marcelo Suna. It's 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 stuff yeah. like that. Didi Gregor is another good name that we both have talked about where it's like I my guess is it came down to him or Simmons and the glove with Simmons is like for I, I I think we gotta we gotta pull the trigger on that. And again, like we did make a move on him, that is good, but it just feels like we're kinda looking to just hang around and I I just think that that strategy it just I don't see a great path forward with that. And that's something where I get a little concerned with because we're not a team at the deadline that loves to do stuff. And if we do do stuff, it's usually shipping out for relief pitchers that it's forward thinking, yeah. not that. Yeah, season. and so yeah. it's, you know, we'll see. I still, I'm still optimistic. I'm still in 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 the sense that I think we're going to compete. I don't think this is like a 70 yeah. win team, uh, yeah. but I I just don't see like there's just not a ton of like players out there that you can be like this, this is, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, this is not a team that you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for that World Series against either the Dodgers or San Diego. Like, it, it, if we were to get to that point, something pretty important would have had to happen with this roster. The guys that we've said, all right, go out, it's your chance, would have to take full advantage of that chance. And I, I, I'm, I'm just reflecting on where we kind of started. I think we're back to this point of pointing some fingers at the front office, Um pointing some fingers at not the greatest off season um, free agency wise, you know, there's this, this, there's not a lot of easy fixes and I'm sure every single team is out there kind of think, thinking the same thing. They could, you could break down the probably even the blue Jays and be like, wait, you've got how many shortstops now? Like, isn't Bichette supposed to play short? Like what, wait, what's going on? Um, and right. Bo was supposed to play short or is he outfield? Uh, he could kind of mix around, but I think he's primarily shortstop. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, and that's, we're not talking too much about their pitching staff, which is also kind of like, Hmm, uh, Robbie Ray. Eh, okay. Uh, so 
there is a, like a little bit of grace given, but I think ultimately where we've ended up is kind of like, I guess this is our team. We're going to see how it goes. We're going to see what they decide to do with Cruz. And like, it's an unenviable position for the front office, but also fans maybe expect more. And it's, it's, there's a, there's a little bit of like, eh, still some time to see if things change, but at the time of this recording, Woody, I don't know. I, it's, 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 uh, that glass is looking a little half empty. Uh, even even though I said I was going to come in hot with some optimism, I think that's a good good uh, hopping off point on the Twins. I think before we go though, and, oh yeah, and a good point to hop on to the glass half empty of these two packs of Tomorrow's Tops head. update. I think it's a great point to jump uh, on to. Yeah, a little update. So you know, it's it. There is a serial number that did pop hey. up in here. It is of course of for a Tiger Legend, um, Dario. Dario Agrizala, and that is the gold 2020. Um, so that that's that's worthless. A couple of the really neat 1989 throwback uh, cards. There's Nolan Jones and Evan White, which apparently has like you know if you put that up for an eBay, it'll sell for 99 cents. Cool. Um, added to the personal collection of Minnesota Twins players with a Jorge Alcala. There you go who actually might be kind of important to this team this year, and Sean Poppin, who I'm fairly certain is not on the team, maybe? <laughs> he's one of those guys, if he's back on the team, that that probably is a cause for concern, not, not, not yeah, path to optimism. There's a Lou Brock uh, 85th anniversary card. There you go. couple turkey red of nobody – too compelling, although this was in the first pack, and I was kind of excited about that. There's your Ooh, Lou hey, Bob. There you go. Uh, no value whatsoever, but kind of a cool yeah. card. And then, at least, if you're going to look for a card in this, you need to have a Trent Grisham or the Randy. So there's the Trent true rookie card in those cool Padre colors, and then a little Kyle Lewis uh, rookie debut. Okay, okay. Which I think I now have three of, so those might be destined for a um, 99 cent lot with shipping. You know, it's something it's, you got to, you I, got to rip something. And that's something I have not done in what seems like years at this point. So now, now we just got to figure out like, what do I do with the rest <laughs> of these? And that's a pretty thick, like, yeah, it's a, uh, uh, space is a premium. And, you know, I will, I will look through these just to make sure there's no short prints, but there's no short print that, that came up. Quickly, I'm, but, I'm terrible yeah, with short prints. Point. I, uh, I'm sure I have like a dozen. Let's call it, and they're just all <laughs> no, no idea where they are, and uh, yeah, I just no, no chance I'm reading those little tiny numbers on the back of the card to figure it out. I'm just like, eh, scrub. If if you do ever go back and look through, and there is that Andrew McCutcheon where the jersey is open, like down to his chest, I I will give you a large sum of personal money uh, to to wrap that, wrap my hands around it. I'll, uh, but yeah, I uh, you know, and that's that's the metaphor we're looking for. Even though these sixty plus cards are crap, I've still got to open them up. Even though the twins might be in this like weird space, baseball's back. Let's take some solace in that, and uh, and then off season's not over. So let's leave that door open for Nolan Arenado to be introduced to the target field uh, experience. It's a uh, it's a dream of mine that will never come true but it's a dream nonetheless and if uh if it's if it's nolan arenado if it's trevor bauer um honestly if it was like a weird like even like brad hand would have just like decided to like opt out of his deal he signed with uh the nationals right and just decide to like you know what i'm gonna pull an anthony Barr. i'm gonna i'm gonna take less money and come back to minnesota um i would even settle for that right now and uh I think we're schedule-wise next. We'll probably be recording when pitchers and catchers report. That's probably the timeline of everything. Almost gives fair. us a gives Almost well fair. not us, but gives the gives management a chance to uh, maybe make those two moves. Have a little bit there mm-hmm. to talk about, and then you know we could probably start hammering out what the the rotation, the bullpen, uh, how many games are they going to allow Taylor Rogers to blow before they finally pull the plug on him as our closer. To start the 2021 season. All those things we can cover, though, once they finally oh, do wow. report. But
But uh, any final uh, final thoughts on the state of the Twins at the end of January? Vaccines are coming. St. Paul is right there. Minneapolis isn't too far away. Just I can't wait to have a beer at the Saints Stadium and watch Royce Lewis. Maybe not Royce Lewis because he'll be playing in the major leagues and hitting 320. So I'm going to call it right now. Bold prediction. Royce Lewis, open day roster. I don't know where. I have no idea go. where. Maybe filling in at center field for the injured Byron Buxton, but um. <laughs> oh, don't do it to me. Don't do it to but, me. But uh, that's for for another All day. Right. Uh, for Dave, this is Woody. It's been a Flyover Territory podcast. Catch you next time. Peace. Mm-hmm.